Hello and welcome everyone tuning into Radio Nova. I'm very happy to welcome you for the first time to the University of Oslo Musicology Department's radio show uh, with a tentative working name, The Music Show. <laughs> Today in the studio, uh, we have uh, three of us from the department. Uh, Dr. Jesuini Kelkar. Mm. <laughs> um, Sound engineer Alexander Tudeman. <laughs> and my name is Yao Goditita. Um, and today we will be giving you a brief introduction to a little bit of what we do, how we work at the department, what musicologists do every day, um, and listen to some of the music that we like, we play, or perhaps that inspires us to do the work that we do. So maybe we'll start with a bit of introductions. Um, Tijasvini, can we start with you? Sure. Hello. Hi. Hi. <laughs> so can you tell us a little bit of what you do, uh, what brought you to this department? Um, I moved to this department as a PhD candidate in 2016. And before that, I was working in Indian music and gesture, so movements accompanying musical performance in North Indian classical music. And then I continued some of that work kind of in as a PhD, which I finished in 2019. What was your topic? Uh, it's My PhD is about melodic contours uh -huh. and the kind of shape-specific dimensions of melodic contours through uh, motion capture and movement analysis. So it's a computational approach towards okay. analyzing melodic contour. Mm. Uh, to put it shortly, why do melodies feel like they're going up and down? What is the directionality? What other yeah. shapes are there and why are there shapes? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, did you do that with the department? Because department, for those who don't know, uh, musicology department also has a research center, RITMO. Yeah. Um, so I did start with the department. It was a grant at um, the Institute of Musicology, which there are grants uh, through the Faculty of Humanities. But my PhD eventually got kind of bought up when RITMO came to be. Mm -hmm. So I did work there for the last, I don't know, not very long, like mm. year. And then I worked as a researcher from there for another while. Uh, and since, from about the middle of 2020, I've been working in the record label Universal Music as a da in data science. Mm -hmm. mm. That's, that's very interesting. I will, will want to ask you more about that. And also you mentioned some phrases that I think might not be very familiar to a lot of listeners, like mm. motion capture. Yeah. But uh, maybe we'll come back to that a yes. bit later. Um, Alexander. Uh, hi. Yes. Hello. Hello. Uh, what What do you do? <laughs> How did you come about <laughs> this department? How, why are you here? Uh, no, I'm. Uh, I uh, recently actually finished, or two years ago, I finished my master's degree in something called MCT. Mm -hmm. So that's like music technology and a bit more, uh, like programming wise. So not much music production and things like this. Um, and now I work at the department as a teacher, but also as in like an engineer, mm -hmm. general purpose engineering type fellow. Yeah. Yeah. So that's... How uh, that's long have you been at the department? Oh, I mean, I actually did my bachelor's there as well okay. in musicology uh, over many, many years. But I started there in 2013, actually. So and then it was like on and off. Yeah. On and off for a long time mm. uh, before I sort of got the, the drive to actually go finish something and uh, make something of myself 
It's going to be interesting also to talk about your teaching experience coming back to the same department as a student because I imagine some of our listeners might be also students at the university. So yes. maybe we'll come back to that in a bit. Absolutely. Just a round of introductions. Uh, I will tell a little bit about myself. Um, so I'm the most uh, recent addition to the department out of the three of us. I've started just last September. Uh, I'm a PhD candidate um, and my project is on community music radios and their uh, socio-political potential. So how can, through having fun and just like coming together around a community radio, like Radio Nova, for example, um, how does that affect uh, our larger sort of everyday situations through self-organization or uh, organization of cultural events and etc. So this, this round of introduction, I think, is already quite a good overview of how diverse is our Uh, little community mm -hmm. and uh, I would like it to be I would like now to kind of also as a symbolic um, sort of reference to other uh, shows that we'll have in the future I would like us to um, introduce some music so basically th in, in our shows we will try to bring together the more theoretical work and more everyday practices so how we as people who research music are also listeners and people who enjoy mm. music who listen to music and how does that differ and maybe um maybe i'll ask Dejasvini you to yeah. play the first track and just so i asked you before oh, to just choose a track and it was a very loose um uh, a loose request yes. can you tell me a little bit about the track and why you chose it Um, this track cannot, I don't, to my knowledge, cannot be streamed anywhere else because they made a recording of it, which I have it from a CD that I bought in 2011 after the performance of a German large jazz band mm -hmm. that was playing with a South Indian Carnatic music ensemble. So the Carnatic music ensemble was four people maybe. Mm -hmm. And then there was a big band. Mm -hmm. um, is that so when with the music ensemble mm -hmm. can you tell us a little bit about that like what makes it unique um, so in the subcontinent of India broadly there are two type styles of music that are prevalent uh, they call it the North Indian or the Hindustani music style uh, and the Carnatic or South Indian music uh, classical music style and both of these are, they're classical music so they've got a lot of patronage and they've used to be the music of the elites and all of that baggage attached, but are also kind of quite complex, um, uh, yeah, beautiful pieces of music, pieces you, of enjoy. music you, you enjoy anyway. Yeah. But um, at the time I used to live in Chennai, that is in the south of India, where, where more people would be playing Carnatic music, for example, mm. than the north. And I, you know, it was just a beautiful concert. Mm -hmm. had a nice experience <laughs> and I think uh, you know there's like all of this east and west and all of that stuff going yeah. on but yeah. I really like it when people kind of really listen to each other both ways and sometimes you can see that less than others mm -hmm. and I thought this was a great example of everyone listening to each other that's very nice let's listen to it and then we yes. can talk a bit more about it as well Very very cool song. Mm. It is. Yeah. Um, I was. I wondered. Uh, is there anything particular about this performance, or is that is that was that a project kind of? Um, it was a project with kind of partly pre-composed material because none of the styles do just pre-composed material. Okay. So that what we did here in the limited amount of time that we played was a lot of improvisation. And then later, of course, there's other improvisations mm. from the Carnatic musicians, etc. 
but um so yeah so it's kind of partly precomposed mm-hmm. and it there was a conductor because it's a big band and lots of things yeah. are going on but i think it's really cool so it, wor- it just works really well i was just going to say that uh, mm. yeah super super nice energy yeah and mm. all of the you know the lines and those that music seems to be very long right yeah in very long phrases yes and you have this super super driving thing underneath yeah the, a really sharp really, percussive uh, even if it's yeah. not even it's in sevenths oh the music the beats or the it's in nines sorry yeah it's it's in nines we That's encourage like listeners to uh, rewind a little bit <laughs> and try and count <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. But this is very nice, both of your comments, because I wanted to ask uh, TJU, but also Alexander, your uh, insight, I think already was quite telling of how um, musicologists or people who work with music listen to the same tracks. Um, Because for me, for instance, I was thinking, oh, it's so interesting. There are all of these very typical like classical sort of white jazz for instance sounds the big band orchestra elements and then there are sounds that are not so western and how do they how how do we listen to these combinations and that clearly comes from the fact that when i listen to music i often think about the context through my research so i wanted to ask you tj what in for example with the piece of music like this how could that relate to all, all uh, any of the work that you do in improvised music of the south asian subcontinent there is a lot of um visualization of improvisation and a lot of it is and it's not it's hardly unique to the subcontinent so in my phd i wasn't just working with that music i was working with music where improvisation happened without words so words weren't a crutch to make melodic shape Um, and I was interested in this because it happens everywhere in lots of oral traditions. There is the aspect of communicating and teaching music through shape and contour and often accompanied by gesture. Um, and I was really mostly interested in that. So there's, you know, since we're talking about musical context in this form of jazz, there are these, you know, licks, refrains that have a consistent musical shape, uh, irrespective of um, um, scale changes or rhythmic changes, it, the shape is retained and that's the lick. Um, so you find this kind of motif in lots of music cultures and it's not really uh, contingent. I mean, of course, there are differences between how you treat them and so on. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was picking certain specific contexts of um, where it is practiced to do so. Mm-hmm. And then looking at a kind of musical melodic shape as uh, an interpretable form okay. of stringing together musical material. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, do you, so it was it more was your work dealing more with the musical material as sort of did you look at like let's say you would have a piece like this and you would pick up a little bit of music mm-hmm. and would you analyze that in in a sense like oh you know this this scale does this kind of contouring this scale does this. Or would it more? Or I more got people to tell me what they thought the shape mm. of the music was. So people came into the lab, and now I guess we can talk a little bit about motion capture, which maybe most people have encountered in either ABBA or the Lord of the Rings. <laughs> okay, <laughs> where people put these kind of tiny silver-looking balls on their body, mm-hmm. stand in front of a green green screen, mm-hmm. and then they're recorded where. Each of those markers can be mapped to the centimeter or millimeter. 
Okay. Which can be then transformed into making videos or creating any other kind of transformation that requires us to know where each part of someone's body is. Okay. Um, that's a lot of data, but that also tells us data about, um, for example, if someone draws something in the air or if someone dances or writes something, plays the piano, whatever. Um, and so what you get is this gestural trace the that a moving body leaves mm -hmm. in time, so to speak. And I was looking at the analysis of this in the context of having listened to m many of these melodies from different um, vocal music cultures. Okay. Mm. Okay, so that is interesting because... So you were recording people moving to music yes. in a simple terms, right? Mm. This is and, and so now, but now you don't work with that that much, right? Um, not in my current job, but moving to music is still pretty fascinating to me, specifically because of its cultural interpretation mm -hmm. and uh, kind of thinking about the embodiment of a musical sensibility, um, not just the metaphor of movement, but even through my work, well, I was able to kind of say a lot about this context For example, there were lots of differences between how really tall and really short people, so outliers in just physical shape, mm -hmm. how they move differently from each other. And I think it makes sense because we occupy, you know, we go through the same doors, sit in the same chairs, use the same buses, and you learn to operate your body mm -hmm. just by being in the world to kind of go towards a median. And I thought that those kinds of things are yeah. fascinating But also in the musical context, because some familiar contexts are where people would embody the body of the singer that they assumed the music culture was mm -hmm. representing. For example, an operatic verse or something mm -hmm. like that. So eventually I'm interested in this, but um, I'm also interested kind of in the broad perspective of why is melody like shape at all for mm -hmm. anyone? Oh yeah, that's and interesting. for many people, yeah. Mm. For anyone uh, joining us just now, uh, we're uh, talking about Dr. Tijaswini's Kalkar's <laughs> PhD uh, research in our first musicology um, department's communication show. Um, I think it's time to listen to some more music. Yes, Alexander. Um, You Alexander. also brought <laughs> a few tracks, didn't you? I'm still here. You're still here. <laughs> um, uh, yes, I did. Uh, would you? Which one would you like me to play? Um, can we listen to? Because I know, and this is we will uh, in the second part of the show. We will talk more about the music that Tijaswin Alexander do themselves create as musicians. But maybe we should still now choose a track that is not yours, but that somehow is related to yes. what you do. So I brought. Uh, some brought a track, yes, of course, and the band is uh, the Dawn of Midi, which I'm very much fond of. And I know Tisha Sweeney also likes that band. Or you heard yeah. it before? Yeah, uh, they're very cool. Yeah, and we also we were at the concert together. Yes, uh, with the drummer from Dawn of Midi just last year, right? Yeah, September. not too long ago. Uh, and he now does some mod synth, modular synth compositions with different people and stuff. Nice. But anyway, it's a trio. Uh, from Brooklyn, I think, New York, and they have released one album, and it is called Dysformia or something. I can't really remember that name. It doesn't really matter. Um, and the style Dysnomia. Dysnomia, of course. Um, and the style is super interesting. 
and it's very much related to the name, which is the dawn of MIDI. Mm-hmm. So they sort of take the concept of really, uh, how should I say, really quantized um, uh, techno beat music, and they bring it out and they play it with acoustic instruments uh, and take it really down, um, producing very sort of dry, hypnotic uh, sound. It's really hard to explain, but mm. it's very, very, very cool. And it's very interesting, and it's sort of yeah, it has all the qualities that I like. Mm. Very rhythmic uh, and very sort of repetitive, and also that they're able to make something uh, so simple and work for such a long time. Mm-hmm. So it's like the same phrases with very small variations uh, to keep things interesting. So there's no like added layers of things. It feels like yeah, um, and I think this is also something that uh, I like. Uh, that shows in my own stuff, which I'll probably show a bit later on. Yeah. But uh, I like this thing of removing aspects from music mm. and uh, being able to say as much as possible with very, very little. Uh, yeah, I just really like that. Nice. So uh, let's listen to that. that without sounds... further ado. <laughs> yes. I forgot mm-hmm. to say that you were the one who first told me about this band. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Great. <laughs> yeah. That's good to know. Can we be looking for contours, melodic contours in this music? I don't know. I think we should be looking for what Alexander said. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, let's Absolutely. listen to it. Yes. Yeah. What a track, eh? Yeah, great song. And I also forgot to mention that I am a drummer. So if you <laughs> know that by now. <laughs> a very, like, yeah. sort of a sudden exit for the song and a sudden, sudden also confession of... <laughs> I'm a drummer. Your percussionism. But, My uh, percussionism, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So what? Um, why did you feel the need to confess your uh, drumming skills after the song? Is that something in particular about rhythms of the By song? drumming that skills? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, but it's just super... Ryth- it's only rhythms, right? Different mm. kinds of rhythms and... Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, but the thing is, you could say that there's textures, I feel like, for as a yeah. listener, right? Absolutely, yeah. So, um, Absolutely. for you, so this is for you as a drummer, something that uh, inspires you, this band? Yeah, very, very much. It's maybe the most inspiring I think I've heard in years. Mm. And it still is. Uh, it sort of has the sort of aesthetic that I like, uh, which is hard to pin down, but it's also very, very well produced and it's just a great idea. Mm. And, you know, when that piano chord comes in after like three and a half minutes, I mean, it's just really well composed and it's just a great, great record. Mm. And all the songs, uh, um, they sort of, um, what's it called? They just continue on. So it's mm-hmm. like one huge thing. Yeah. That's why it, uh, or hence the the right. abrupt ending there. Yeah. Mm. Hmm. I was wondering, I wanted to ask you, well, actually, I was asking TJ while we were listening to the song about the performance where you heard the band. Yeah. Um, where where was it? Can you tell me a little bit about the performance, the live performance? Yeah, it was in Ultima, right? I think so. I think so, yeah. It Ultima part, at Jakobskirke. It's part of Ultima. And I think either a friend of mine or someone said that uh, uh, Kasim or something, I think that's his Kasim name. Nakvi. Yeah, that he was playing. Mm. Uh, concert and then I was like oh I have to go see this and I went with my friend and then you got involved somehow you were going anyway I think yeah Yeah. Mm. Uh, but he does now um, only modular modular synthesis composition so he's produced a couple albums I think where he does compositions for like a modular synthesizer Mm. Mm. and this was in collaboration with um, Cicada 
Cicada, yes, that's that's what it was, yeah. So yeah, a Norwegian um, uh, new music ensemble. Yes, new mm. music ensemble. Yeah. One of the reasons why I asked is because I wanted to kind of bridge that with some of the work you do in the department and in general, uh, the, the all these questions of acoustics, for instance, or instrument, electronic instrument. Um, can you maybe talk a little bit about that? Uh, how does your you know, the music that you like and the work that you do, how how do these things relate on your day-to-day basis? Oh, right, yeah. That's an interesting question. <laughs> um, because I, I know you as a person who comes and solves problems where something doesn't sound right, for instance. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's what I do in my artistic practice as well. <laughs> <laughs> where you just come and solve problems until it sounds good, yeah. It's kind of a nice way to look at um, it. Yeah, but I do feel like I like very much electronic music. Uh, I really do. And it's, it's of the most of the same reasons why I like Donamidi, because mm. it has sort of really nice rhythms to it, and it's just really... Yeah, the groove is very important to me, I think. Mm. Uh, and also the, you know, using electronic music or electronic instruments in uh, a right way or a creative way, uh, things that just sound really, really good. It's yeah. just like uh, the aesthetic of that or the texture you were saying. It's yeah. like a really, really good feeling, so... And um, what what yeah. what do you teach? Do, is that something you you teach something related to electronic music as well, isn't it? Uh, no, I teach networked music. Okay. So it's actually playing music over the network. Okay. F- from re- remote um, remote locations. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So it's uh, ensemble basically, or mm-hmm. it's it's not really an ensemble course, but I teach it in a way like that. It's part. Uh, being a technical nerd and measuring latency or network, learning about what is a computer network and how does it relate to music and stuff, mm-hmm. and part playing music together also over this uh, distributed or in a distributed uh, setting. So basically, how can we improve qual- quality of people playing music uh, and connecting via yeah, right. online right, networks, yeah. right? Yeah, because at the one side you have the thing, uh, how do we improve this kind of interaction, right? Yeah. Uh, how do we make it more immersive, reduce the latency, better quality, everything. Uh, so that's the whole research side, lots of research on that. And then there's the more player side, which is more like, well, how do we now sculpt our um, ensembles and bands and stuff to to accommodate this sort of environment, right? Because mm. when you have lots of latency and stuff, how do you make that work? Are there strategies for that? Uh, and yes, there are. And we rehearse these kind of strategies of playing music and stuff and and also play concerts live mm. in this kind of way. So uh, yeah, there's a lot of stuff to uh, a lot of stuff to get through. Mm. Um, the, this aesthetic point is very interesting, right? How mm. it's not only that we use technology to improve, to, it, that we not only improve technology to fit our needs, but we adjust what kind of music we create depending on what technology we get, have. Yeah. Mm. Exactly. And also in part what is a music that wouldn't function without this technology. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah. yeah. I think I want to change a bit of the narrative of our show and actually go straight away into, Alexander, your uh, music as an artist, as a musician, because I feel like this is just a very good moment to talk about that. Once again, to anyone who's tuned in just now, you're listening to the first uh, episode of the Musicology Department of University of Oslo uh, radio show, uh, the music show <laughs> is the tentative title. <laughs> and, uh, and we're discussing um, bridges between 
music that we like, music that we work with, uh, and music that we create. And by we, now I mean Alexander Tudeman in particular. <laughs> uh, so, uh, again, I'm going to repeat my question uh, or bring back to the topic of, of, of the music that you and your band does. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Um, you mentioned that you're a drummer and that you are inspired by the minimalist aesthetic of the uh, dawn of MIDI. <laughs> yes, perfectly said, actually. Because, uh, yes, My band is called The Holy Mountain. So it's also very not pretentious. <laughs> humble, very humble. Very humble. Uh, but yes, we were also inspired by that band I, with my friend. We started it in like 2013 also, I think, maybe 2012. Uh, also inspired by minimalist music. So mm -hmm. it's good you brought that topic up, uh, in especially then Philip Glass, if you know him, the composer and stuff. We both very much like his music and both grew up as like uh, metal people, uh, rock and roll. So that sort of combo sort of mm. brought us together. Um, yes, and we also sort of try to make groovy things and try to explore, you know, having very little material, but being very creative in that way and mm. causing a lot of problems for ourselves. <laughs> and then sort of uh, working very hard to pave through it and then that creates something interesting. So, for instance, uh, just to say that, but now I'm actually... Uh, so the track I'm going to show you is uh, a part from our new album that we're releasing soon. But it's also uh, an album where I had to learn how to play a keyboard and play drums at the same time. Hmm. So we sort of create these sort of challenges for ourselves where we say, okay, we have to do that now because that's what the music is. And then that sort of shapes the parts that we write and the way we play the music and stuff. Mm. So uh, it is a quite kind of a, uh, how should I say this? Uh, it's not torture, but it's uh, <laughs> like sadomasochist <laughs> tendencies in the band. <laughs> is that what makes it holy? That's probably what makes it holy, yeah. Um, or because I feel like Holy Mountain also some sort of Sisyphus uh, element there of uh, bringing your music up the mountain. Yeah. <laughs> but... Um, before we listen to the track, I do want to ask you to elaborate a little bit on the, what you said, uh, minimal tools. Um, again, bringing it back maybe a bit to your teaching experience or your work with students. Mm. Um, what do you mean by limited means and what kind of limitations do you think now uh, musicians face when composing music, young, uh, you know, young bands or, or these DIY bands? Mm. We have so many electronic music tools, it seems. Yeah. So what, what are the uh, limitations that you talk about? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, for us, we just, we are very hard about creating limitations that we do. Mm -hmm. And also be mindful of, you know, when you produce music in, in the computer, just try to use a limited amount of stuff. Yeah. I don't know. It's just um, each, to each his own sort of to create these things. I just, I just believe it's important for... Uh, creativity and stuff mm. to be able to limit and uh, with all the, the digital things I don't know it creates a lots of there's lots of stuff out there to use to c produce music mm -hmm. but uh, yeah I don't know actually <laughs> it's a hard question but I think like I think it just it's important to have some kind of limitations and to also s sort of strip away things that are unnecessary mm -hmm. or try to do that mm. at least that process of doing this I think is uh, I think it's good, at least for what I do in yeah. my practice in both teaching and in, in music, I think. <laughs> That's, yeah. yeah. Uh, shall we listen mm -hmm. to 
Sure. Uh, you can play the track called Awake. Uh -huh. And my friend plays accordion and I play drums, a synthesizer. And we have our lovely vocalist called Katrina, uh, who's also joined the band recently. Mm -hmm. That also now is part, so now we're a trio. So, Holy mountain, ladies and gentlemen. back that was really really nice hmm. very apt sounding name for me i don't know why oh, nice. <laughs> holy mountain yeah hmm. it's from that uh, 70s film i thought so yeah. i thought so um the, the, it's, it's a scary film right it's a horror film no it's like a psychedelic yeah from that okay, Jodorowsky. you know that guy uh, alejandro Jodorowsky is his name Rings a bell. Yeah, he created lots of avant-garde, like absurd, uh, psychedelic films. Oh, I think I know the one. Yeah, you he made this. Um, you know the movie called Dune. Yes. That yes. didn't get made. Ah. That, that whole thing. Yeah. That okay, was okay. that was that guy. Yeah. yeah. Dune. There is something a bit mystical in the sound of that track. I would say. Mm. Yeah. Nature, also, like I yeah. don't know. I don't know why. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we could go into whole discussion whether that sounded Nordic or not. It did for me, but maybe I'm like... <laughs> wow, have really? a bit, really? A little bit, but I think... I can plug my friend's book about this called, I think, Discovering Landscapes or something, who also Ooh. did his PhD from the Department of Musicology at the same time as me, about oh. the sound of um, nature and the north and the imagination of uh, a landscape for music and so on. Wow, that's very interesting. Again, for the listeners, this is we today. The show is kind of a teaser for all the other episodes that also will come up later. So all of these references that we're kind of dropping here is to just give a taste of all the range of work that we do in the department and outside of it. So like this track is, you know, Alexander, your your sort of artistic endeavor, right? Which is, but I think it permeates into your working life. Um, and yeah. and ethics and um, DJ Sweeney now I think I want to turn to you because you're also a musician yes before I I would just want to plug in that the name of my friend is Thuris Thurvold because it feels really weird and selfish to say my friend but not say <laughs> <laughs> just in case anyone's yes so I am also invested invested in musical endeavors I would say that it's of a very different type than Alexander mm. because I play live mostly, most mm. of the time, and improvise most of the time. Uh, mm. Yeah. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about uh, the music that you play and improvise with? Yeah. Because I also know it's a range of things. Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> so um, I am trained as a vocalist in the North Indian classical music tradition and uh, kind of peripheral music traditions around the North Indian classical style. Um, and I still play that music. I have a duo with Sanskriti Shreshta, and we play, I would say, often. And then we also, both, the both of us together with two other players, um, also had a group called New Conceptions of Raga, which, which I also played with. But by myself, I play a bunch of kind of voice and electronics stuff. So one of them is called Kitchen and Intercostal Rack, Mm -hmm. where I um, kind of play on a kitchen rack and the intercostal, you know, which is like the lungs, whatever. Um, and sometimes I also play with our other colleague, Chare, and our constellation is called The Two-Body Problem, and there mm -hmm. we play a lot of kind of noisy music, mm -hmm. I guess, music. <laughs> yeah. Mm. 
Yeah, so I play a lot of this stuff. Well, that's a range. That's a very... Because, I, you know, you started describing and I wanted to ask you whether the track that we played first that you brought has anything to do with this, like, sort of recontextualization of um, mm. of, of traditional historical um, classical music. Yeah. But then you moved on to something that is <laughs> that is quite experimental. Um mm. And I and now I don't know if my first question stands. No, I mean of course, but um, I think training in a single musical style for a lot of years, like twenty or thirty, does something to you, and you, it trains you to listen in a certain way, and it really kind of makes it really easy for you to work with music in a certain way. And I feel like uh, there are because it's such an intense form of training, and it is such a kind of closed system. Mm. I see that a lot of people collaborating outside of who are trained mostly in North Indian classical music or at least, well, let's not generalize. But if I were to generalize, <laughs> um, a lot of them looking outside of their kind of body of work don't uh, look, <laughs> at least don't look towards noise and sound. Mm. And uh, for me, that is an important uh listening food mm -hmm. do you know what I mean yeah, yeah. ear food yeah. for me and I think it's uh, really nice to contextualize that music elsewhere there's a lot of kind of um, respect culture and gatekeeping and um, this only must be performed a certain way and that kind of a di discourse that's still alive in mm -hmm. North Indian classical music um, and I think it's fun to do to hear something else in the way that I would hear it or mm -hmm. I was trained and yeah. kind of really use um, yeah. listening and creating music in that way. Yeah. And I think, again, because I kind of want to bridge that with the musicological work, mm -hmm. um, I think this is also quite an interesting question in uh, the range of things that we listen to or we get ourselves exposed to as uh, people who like music, right? And then as people who also study music mm. um, because I think these things are related and then um, our understanding of what sound is, what music is, is then informed through also those choices and I think mm. that, you know, I feel like it's important to train your listening and have an open ear mm. to all forms of sound cultures and musicings and etc. Yeah. Um, which I think then... And, and uh, yeah, this 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 dualism of of being a practitioner and a theoretician mm. um, and an engineer. I think for both of you again, this applies. <laughs> I think this is like a very interesting uh, combination. Mm. So let's listen to uh, an example of uh, the music that is born out of this <laughs> uh, juxtaposition yeah. of skill sets. I'm not going to play something too experimental right now because I fear it might not translate so well on a radio show. Uh huh. Just there is. There's something. Uh -huh. Yeah, I think yeah. it's good now. Mm -hmm. But I will play our duo, I thought. So I mm -hmm. brought... singing i was like wow this is kind of getting hopeful and then it suddenly changes into something else it's yeah like it's a, a very, very this style of song has a lot of kind of very dark intimate mm. existential kinds of poetry so you can be singing about something pretty horrible mm. like that one 
What is it? Um, what? Uh, oh, I didn't know. Having to continue living without really wanting to. Oh wow, <laughs> that is that is one of the aspects of music, I guess, that we um, are reluctant to talk about. Darkness. Yeah, like just as a survival mm. uh, tool. You know, singing as a yeah or doing I don't know. So this song style is written. So the poetry is not written by the people who compose. So there's very many people involved, okay. uh, and the poets are. So it's based on composing this kind of genre, but style of poetry that can become very mm. dark at times or not. How or is it called? Like Ghazal. How do you spell it? G-H-A-Z-A-L, Ghazal. Mm -hmm. It had become quite popular, actually. Even there's a lot lot of English writing in Ghazal structure. Mm. Adrian Rich, I know, wrote a lot of Ghazal. Blue Ghazal, etc. And it's, you know, it's a strophe form where there's two lines each and the ending is predictable. So by the time, it's, it's always... You can see where it's going and yeah. it's supposed to surprise you. So it's kind of a really beautiful form of poetry. Yeah, it was definitely yeah. very beautiful. Yeah, very. <laughs> um, there, I wish we could delve into this topic deeper, but I think, again, uh, as I've already repeating myself slightly, um, this intro show for our, um, well, ongoing radio show where we talk about work and practice of uh, what's going on in the musicology department at the University of Oslo is a teaser. And uh, it just gives a little snippet of different questions, different topics, different uh, skill sets that we're kind of um, doing and ex- yeah, ex- exploring every day in our work. Um, so, and I think, unfortunately, this first show is kind of coming to an end. Uh, but before we do close, I would like to ask both Alexander and Tiswini you um, a last kind of question, a bit of a meta question, if you will. Uh, it's about this radio show. So we had our first radio show and there is going to be future ones um, mm-hmm. that I will be telling a little bit after that. Um what do you think, for you, uh, in your opinion, why do you think a radio show is a useful tool and like what, what does it do, why is it important to have something like this for a humanities uh, hmm. department? Um, first of all, congratulations and thank you for <laughs> starting this initiative because I think not just uh, the fact that it's a radio show, but also there's... Uh, it's dissemination in a way of work. And I think that is really important for discourse. Academic discourse should not happen in isolation. Mm. And I think it's really nice to have people listen to what's going on. Uh, I also think that a lot of knowledge in the humanities is discursive. When we discuss, when we talk about things, the knowledge lies in the formation of of the mm. talking, of the conversation itself. And I think it's really uh, an important format of discussion that it does things that an academic paper cannot. Mm. And of course, to put it bluntly, we cannot hear any music in papers or (laughs) articles. So there's that. Yeah, I totally totally agree. Uh, The dissemination part and everything is also things that I've been thinking about. Mm. which is like hearing from you guys and the people I know at the department. There's so many people doing so many so many crazy cool things mm. and so many interesting things. 
uh, and it's a shame that nobody hears about that, you know? Mm. Yeah. People think uh, when you say, I'm a musicologist, they just think, okay, you read uh, about the history of music and you sort of maybe write some stuff about that. That's sort of the general knowledge I feel uh, about mm. that sort of field. So yeah. it's very, very nice to be able to to be able to just talk outside of that and uh, to be able to present people and yeah. to just to, yeah, speak more freely about things. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> Looking um, forward. And I like the point, I just wanted to emphasize also the, the point of, of communication both ways. So a mutual communication. We'll be launching an Instagram channel uh, where we really engage people to just kind of talk to us, um, ask questions or, or yeah, if anything that you've heard throughout the show and you would like a bit of a clarification or just like a little, I don't know, whatever. If you want to rant <laughs> about something, it can be a little customer. <laughs> customer service channel as well um and yeah just before closing off and thank you both for uh this show and in general just helping this idea kind of kick off um i just wanted to again give a few teasers about upcoming shows so um i know that you alexander already recorded one with uh our colleague Eric, right yes, sure. um yeah. so it's going to be with uh, musicians and platforms right uh, uh yes social media and mm. um uh, artists. Wow, right. Yes. Fun. Mm. Um, then I know that our colleagues Anya and Lucy have also recorded some material uh, from their project uh, working uh, on music in prisons. Um, and I know today there was a sneaky meeting between uh, Miriana and Veronica mm. about, um, well, I think there might be something like in satire, in operetta and transfers oh, and some like, I think there's also a bit of historical uh, like well I don't want to I shouldn't say anything more but there's just going to be because I first of all it's a teaser second of all I'm not entirely sure uh, but basically there's a lot of exciting things coming up uh, thank you for all of those who stayed in for this first hour and I hope you tune in again <laughs>